Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome along to All Talk with Jason Mike. Very nice to have your company wherever you may be in the country or indeed the world. And uh, Mike Minogue, how are you going, mate? Going really good today, thanks, mate. Yeah, excellent. Can I, can I just make an observation off the bat, if I might? Oh, I was hoping for this. Uh, I noticed that today you've walked into the studio and you're wearing only shorts. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Now... Look, I, I've got to be honest with you, and I think it's always good to be upfront about these sort of things. I, I have a bit of an issue with that just in regards to, for me, someone turning up to work in shorts sort of represents a kind of lackadaisical uh, approach to work. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think you look fantastic, but I, it just, it just, and I can see you're wearing jandals as well. I know you live on Waiheke Island, uh, but it, for me, it reeks a little of. I really couldn't give two shits. I'm just going to turn up and start talking crap. Ah, well, I'm I'm disappointed that you feel that way. Obviously, on the surface, it sounds like you uh, you want me to be more professional, and I can understand that. Well, just a, just a sensible pair of slacks is yeah. what I'm thinking. You know, some nice shoes and and a and a sort of dress business type shirt would would really work for me. Well, I hear what you're saying, but to me, there's there's something operating under the surface here from you, and, and I get the feeling. Um, that you've laid eyes on my quite muscular legs, well, can, and there's a certain amount of jealousy coming out of you as a result of you know you're operating with your your bandy little sticks over there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I will be upfront about that. Uh, I do have bandy little sticks for legs, and um, you know, I very rarely, very rarely wear shorts, Mike, for good reason. Yeah. Can I also just make another observation? With you do have very impressive legs. Smooth as a baby's bottom too. Do you wax? Do you? No, no. Oh, um, oh okay. What, what's happened there then? Well, I've actually got no hair on my body. Right. Okay. Um, from sort of uh, my nipples down, and just right. under the nipples. My uh, both my nipples have about eight or nine hairs each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from there down, um, barring my blondies, um, yeah, completely smooth. Well, it's not. Let's not get me started on blonde pubes again because you know my feeling on that. Yeah, I, very much like you, Mike. Um, what I have in terms of bodily hair is I have great tufts of hair around my nipples and nowhere else. Yeah, uh, I've got a little bit of hair on my legs, but because I like wearing skinny jeans, yes. I have tufts of hair that have been sort of smeared away from the contact of the denim on the flesh. And so I have tufts of hair on my legs, which really doesn't improve the overall impression that I'm trying to create. You yeah, know? well, and, and you've also got, because I saw you, um, you were bending over to um, grab another packet out of the carton of cigarettes that you grab, uh, that you carry around in your backpack. And um, your shirt just crept up. And I mm. thought you had one of those tramp stamps. You remember the tramp stamps oh, from the 90s? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's just a, a massive tuft of hair mm. um, at the base of your back there, just above the belt line. 
Yeah, I, I look, I can't explain that. I, I don't know where that it happened at puberty. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, when I say I'm not particularly hairy, I also you haven't you wouldn't have seen this yet have a massive like tuft or bush of hair between my shoulder blades. Right. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. It grosses my wife out, to be honest. She's always trying to get me to wax it, but... It gives her something to hold on to. Well, I guess so. Um, as opposed to digging her nails into your back. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she can just grab onto the tufts of uh, hair. And is that... Is it's that like a, a mane of a horse, isn't it, if you're riding bareback? Is that, the, is that how it feels to the touch, or is it more of that sort of that wiry pubic hair? It's kind of wiry and pubic, I think, interestingly enough. Right, I've got a friend... It's um, like displaced hair, if I can put it that way. Right, I've got a... Um, just on, you bring up mane-like hair... Um, a friend of mine and my wife's has uh, she started washing her hair with the same kind of shampoo that is used for horses. Okay, um, and and that's I'm not lying there. And she gets it from a, a, sort of an Asian food store, I think. I don't know why they sell it there, but it, God, it's had a remarkable effect. Really shiny coat, lustrous. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. incredible. So um, perhaps we can get some of that for your uh, your back here and your. Uh, your hairy tramp stamp. Yeah, well, that's 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 an interesting thought. And just on that, I've got a mate that actually likes to take horse tranquilizers. Um, I don't. I think he. I think he gets them from an Asian food store too. So right. God, they're obviously pretty diverse in what they offer. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Hey, listen, mate. Uh, as always, we we love the feedback that we mm. get from all the punters out there, and boy, it's just been pouring in. And I believe you're going to uh, start us off with a bit of feedback. For this particular podcast. Yeah, um, got one here. Um, really love the show, guys. Keep up, keep up the great chat. And that's from BJ Sticks on the Instagram. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, BJ Sticks. BJ Sticks. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, is that all we've got, is it? Well, that's, yeah, that's all of them. I mean, that's there's other feedback, but that's the only positive one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if we went with the negative ones, we'd be here all day. But that was the positive one, so I thought I'd read that one out. Yeah, really love the show, guys. Keep up the great chat. BJ sticks on the Instagram there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that gives us hope. I mean, yeah. if, 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 if I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, if one in 20 bits of feedback are positive, mm-hmm. I think we're on the right track. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it depends on who you're getting the feedback from. I went and clicked over onto BJ sticks profile yes and he's got about 43 followers oh great um so you know he's obviously somebody with his uh with his fingers on the pulse um i tried to follow him back yeah um and just waiting for an answer right okay yeah yeah well great stuff mate uh just make sure that you do give us feedback and that you give us those those rating all important ratings mike yeah. because that's how it's, it's all sort of um, tabulated, really, isn't it? God, great word, tabulated. But that Thanks, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, what's key to us here, and the goal with this um, podcast, outside of just giving fantastic advice, um, specifically to the people that uh, that write in and, and those that are listening that have got similar issues, is we're, we're trying to make you know a good living off this. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get up to the top of the charts. And the only way we get to the top of the charts is if you if you give us a five star review, and if you write a review. And if you subscribe, it's the only way it's going to happen. Um, and it costs you nothing uh, and potentially is going to make us a lot of cash, Jay. So yeah. if well, you guys could just do that now, we're just going to give you a minute just to do that now. You just get your phone. Just get just on your phone or if there, you're on your computer. yeah. And it says write a review and you can just say, yep, and 
Um, it doesn't have to be long. Uh, just even can just you, you can actually just mash the buttons and it can just be complete double dutch. Yeah, we and, don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter to us. And, yeah. and it's not like um, the ghost of Steve, Steve Jobs goes in there and uh, reads each review. Um, but every little bit helps. So um, currently we've got nine reviews. Yeah, great. And by our next episode, I'd like to have 180. Yeah, that would be fantastic because, you know, I mean, essentially we're doing this podcast, let's be honest about it, because we want to help people. You know, yeah. it's actually not about the money. No. But at the end of the day, you know, you and I, we we don't want to be running at a massive loss as we are at the moment. No. Um, you know, we've got to feed our families. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we don't want to be in a scenario where by helping other people, we're actually destroying our own lives. That's right. You know what I mean? I mean there's no purpose in well, that. Well, why should we be out of pocket exactly. for helping people that I can't? I mean, we're <coughs> the ones making the effort at the moment, well, that's Mike. Right. I, I mean, mean, I mean, at least people can do guys, is go and review it. That's right. If you guys can't sort your own lives out and you need to hit us up for advice, Yes. I mean, the least you can do is do something that costs you a couple of seconds while you're actually listening to the podcast. Yeah, exactly, mate. Good point. Now, listen, speaking of relationships, um, should we have a... Uh, Get into a bit of relationship issues. Sounds good. I think she's cheating on me. It's relationship advice with Jace and Mike. Well, we've got a, um, a letter here which is just absolute cracker, Mike, and it reads thus. Hi, guys. I recently caught my daughter smoking cigarettes and wonder what I can do to make her stop. Given she is 13 years old and very headstrong, I'm wary of telling her what to do only for her to do the opposite. Am I better off ignoring it and hoping she tires of the idea, or is this an area I need to be strict? Any help would be fantastic. And that's from Kathleen from Suva via email. Great stuff, Kathleen. Of course, that's Suva in Fiji. Yes, indeed. Are there other Suvas in the world? Are there? I imagine there probably is. I'm not very good with my geography, so I always like to mention the country as well. Yeah. Um, But we're ticking off another Pacific Island nation there, which is great. Um, Well, this is, you know, this is something you've been through, Jace. Yeah. Um, How did you begin your cigarette smoking career? Probably been your... um, it's had the best longevity for you, career-wise. Yes. You would have been smoking longer well, than you've done anything else. Yeah, it's been the most consistent thing in my life. I mm. think that that's fair to say. I, I actually started smoking durries at school. Uh, in I went, class? Yeah, well, no. I went to a boarding school, and we were surrounded by mountains. It's in a place called Auckland. and It's and, in a place called Auckland? Yeah, well, where the school was, which is subsequently surrounded by lots of mountains. And so we used to often go up on the mountains oh. and, and, and have a durry or behind the cricket nets or in the boot room. Uh, I was smoking durries from about the age, I would say, of about 13. Yeah. Um, so that's where it all began for me. But you see, I was very clever about it because my father is a smoker. And so I used to forever give him jip about being a smoker. I yeah. used to just give him shit all the time. Mm. And all I can tell you about that, the reason I did that, Mike, was it was a complete ruse because what I was doing was stealing his cigarettes mm. while he was smoking. Uh, out and, of his hand, uh, out well, of his mouth. Out of his, well, just literally out of his packet. And he, oh, would, yeah. he would never, he'd never suspect me because I was so anti-smoking, you see. Yeah. Or he perceived me to be anti-smoking that he would never think, God, why have I only got three cigarettes left uh, without ever connecting me to the theft? Perhaps your first and greatest acting role. It was, yes. Acting like a non-smoker. Exactly. Indignant. Yeah. Outraged. Yes. All of that stuff. 
But the day inevitably came when my father actually literally busted me smoking cigarettes behind the garden shed. Right. And I remember what he said to me to this day. He, he came around the corner. I was caught literally red-handed with a durry going up to the mouth. And he said to me, you little fucking shit. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. Um, and he, he didn't say anything else about it. But from there on in, I was unable to steal cigarettes from him. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, did he did he turn and walk away shaking his head in disappointment or was there more of a conversation, do you remember? I mean, this is obviously a very long time ago. Oh, it was a very, very long time ago. No, but I did, I suspect, detect a slight smirk on his face right. because I, th- I, think, I think saying he was proud would be going too far. Um, but there was a certain... Admiration, if I can phrase it that way, with the fact that you know I'd I'd kind of duped him, and he realised it over all those years, right? And he but he caught me red-handed, so it was just that, how long had it been had it been going on? Oh, about he? four years by then, <laughs> right. and so then he just walked away with, with his dignity intact, and he would have been happy as well that um, now you were on the hook and likely to die of you know some well exactly respiratory disease well, or and this is the thing um, because then he could steal my cigarettes, you yeah. See? Um, but this is my advice because, you know, I've got four daughters, as you know, Mike, and only one of them smokes. Right. But here's the interesting thing. She doesn't know that I know she smokes, okay? Ah. She doesn't know that. And I've deliberately done that, and I'll tell you why. Because when she goes off to work, she leaves her smokes in her room. I go into her room, and I steal smokes from my daughter, you know, and she'll come back from work. And she will notice, because they're not cheap, are they? They're not cheap. 36 she, bucks. She will know that she is down on cigarettes, but she can't do anything about it, can she? She can't come out and accuse me and say, who's been stealing my cigarettes? Because then she has to admit the fact that she's smoking, which I think is very clever. And you know what it's like as a smoker. I'm often caught short at midnight or something yeah. like that. Just go into my daughter's room, steal a couple of Darry's sweet ass. Ah, uh, that's actually genius. Mm. I've got a, I've got a new. Fa- I feel like your father now. I've got a newfound respect for you. Yeah, thanks. I mate. really like that. When I started smoking, I think the mm. first time was probably I was about twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing. I'd steal them off. Mum was a smoker. I, there must be some kind of a connection. You know, you see the smoking in your house. Um, you're more likely to start than if you were in a completely non-smoking environment, aren't you? Mm. And everybody back then. Smoked, indeed. They smoked in the house and the yeah. car and the bedroom and you know, the shower and everywhere else. Um, so I just—it was one of those things you just thought that you'd give it a go. And, and what I used to do was, uh, Mum would smoke. Uh, early days, she was your Winnie Reds. Oh, okay, yeah, and, nice. you know, you start on the Reds when you're younger, and as you get older, rather than you know, you start coughing up more phlegm, and as sort of chunks of your lungs start making their way to the surface. But rather than recognizing this fact and giving up. You just go on to a mild a cigarette. Yeah. Um, so by the time I started, well, if you're soft, you do that. Um, you see, I, I, my inclination is to go even harder. Right. Smoke uh, two at a time. You know, it, it, my attitude being, my body will learn. Yeah. Well, you've got to try and teach it a lesson, don't you? And I do, mm. as we've mentioned before, you smoke one after the other. You light one off the previous one. Yes. Um, but what I do with when I started smoking Mum's cigarettes was I'd open it up and I'd reach into the back of the packet. Okay, yeah, nice. And you could pull a two or a three out there while it would have no effect out on the front because it's very difficult to steal a cigarette from a packet when it's a brand new packet, when she's only had one. Yeah. Now, you know, normally you would just not dare steal one. 
but you know you're addicted already at that age, aren't you, to the excitement if not the nicotine itself? So we do that, and then uh, I remember occasions on smoking them out on the St Joseph's. Uh, school grounds where I was a primary school student on the weekend. Oh, primary school. Okay, so you started really early. Well, yeah, I did, but then I didn't have any for a couple of years after that. It sort of, I wasn't that interested. But when it really kicked in was when I started drinking. <coughs> you know, once I started drinking, then just excuse Josie while he has a smoker's cough. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I just had to clear the phlegm from my lungs. Uh, and then when I started drinking, of course, it would be I would buy, you know, two bottles of Marquevu wine. Yeah, off uh, 14 And a packet of 10 Paul Malls. Now, the 10 Paul Malls will cost you $2.80. I guess back in your day, it was probably, what, sixpence? Yeah, uh, threepenny. Threepenny, I think it was. Um, but, oh, God, I remember those little, um, those little, Ten packs. Yeah. They were handy, weren't they? Well, they were good. I mean, I think they got banned because people concerned that you know it would encourage young people to smoke, and I guess it was truth in that in my case. But you know, the trouble is now I don't want to smoke a packet of cigarettes, but I'm sort of forced to buy twenty, whereas you know probably three would do me. Um, yeah, when I come in and see you on a Friday, but now I've got twenty that I have to work my way through before the end of today. Well, you know, we used to we used to, just on that front, we used to have a uh, our our dairy owner in Rotorua. His name was Babu. And uh, he used to sell them individually. Oh, he used yeah. to he, he used to have like a literally like a container mm-hmm. of cigarettes, and you could just pluck out however many you want. I can't remember specifically um, what he charged per cigarette. I think it was a penny. Yeah, a penny per cigarette. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, well, it's a tough one as well. And now, of course, you see. You know, I sort of think of myself at that age, and when you are. 12, 13, 14 and smoking, you think you're now an adult. Yes. You know, um, and you sort of try and do things, you know, if if mum and dad are doing this, well, I'll be even more of an adult. If mum's smoking, you know, a pack a day, then I'll be even more of an adult and smoke two packs a day. And if mum's having a couple of glasses of wine, then I'll be more of an adult and have two bottles of wine in one sitting. two bottles of Marquevu. And when you see these days a 13-year-old smoking a cigarette, it is like watching a child... (laughs) Smoking a cigarette, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, it's not right. There's something wrong about that. It's a terrible thing. And even if, you know, I think, what is the age, the legal age is probably 16, is it? Yeah. Well, even that's not not right. That looks wrong to me. Yeah. Um, So in the case that you've got here, um, where your daughter's, what is she, 13, and she started smoking uh, Kathleen, and, and you're a smoker yourself, so... I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's that whole hypocrisy element, isn't there? And, um, you know, like, for example, I remember when I when I first busted one of my girls smoking gunja. Mm. And, uh, you know, I remember storming into her room and tearing the tinny out of her hand and saying, where did you get this from? How much was it? Can you get any more? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I was I was more pissed off at the fact that she had access to it. And I... Yeah. And I you know, if, if I wanted to go and buy a tinny, I had no idea where to buy one. No. But I've subsequently learned, thanks to you actually, that I've got to look for the shoes on the uh, power, power lines. lines. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I never knew that. But it depends on the colour shoes because when you go and knock on the doors, you could either get, you could end up with um, some marijuana yes. um, or your teeth kicked in. Yeah, well that, you've got to play that right. But, you know, I mean, uh, personally, from my, my perspective, Kathleen, is I think she should take my approach. Mm. I think she should not confront her daughter about the fact that she's smoking and just very subtly steal them over time. Yeah, well, another... And where's she getting the money from? You've read my mind. Yeah. You've read my mind. How can she afford to buy cigarettes is Well, the that's other what question. I want to know. So what's, what's she doing that's allowing her to have – I mean, it strikes me, Kathleen, that we may have stumbled onto um, – 
not only is she a smoker, she's a dirty little thief. Yeah. I think she's stealing them off you, Kathleen. I think that's the bigger issue. So, you know, perhaps the way here that we can stop her smoking, and you're not going to like this, Kathleen, how about you stop smoking? Mm. And then you're cutting, up, you're cutting off the source. How does that sound to you, Kathleen? Probably not great. So I think either you stop smoking so that she can't smoke um, or you just put up with it. You're damming up the river of uh, deceit, aren't you, by doing that? Yeah. Uh, Because if she doesn't have access and is unable to be a dirty, filthy thief and steal your money and buy cigarettes, you know, that's and and because you're not doing it. Mm. But but the other side of that, the danger of that, if I can put it this way, Mike, is that if, if Kathleen suddenly gives up cigarettes... She's suddenly going to have a surplus of money, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, which may lead to her daughter actually being in a better position to steal money so that she can continue her cigarette smoking. That's right. Well, there is, you know, actually my grandfather, um, you know, he had a crack. Uh, he wasn't happy that I was a smoker. Um, right, okay. And, and oh, okay. Sorry, when you said he had a crack, I was envisaging something different there. But uh, you mean he had a go at you? Well, yeah, he, he found out... Um, you know, that I was a smoker. He, um, you know, we're at sort of a, a family do um, in the Hawke's Bay there and, um, you know, he caught me smoking, not unlike when you were, and it was sort of out the back in the orchard there and uh, and he grabbed me by the arm, you know, and, he, you know, he's, a, he's an orchardist and before that a farmer, very strong, and just sort of dragged me into the house. Well, he smoked, he smoked cigars. Right, okay. Uh, you know, as fat as your sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger style ones. Um and I don't know if you ever had this happen, but it was very much a, the way to stop people smoking was to, kids smoking, was to sit them down at the kitchen table, open up a packet. And, and force them to go through the whole lot. Well, he had a different approach, you see. He got, he got the, um, the cigar, sat me down, lit up the end of it, got it going really good, mm-hmm. and then um, jammed the other end of it up my ass. Yeah. Well, you know, that's going to have an impact for a young fella, isn't it? And I've never had a cigar since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could try that technique, um, Kathleen. Yeah, that could work. That could, well, it would certainly get your attention, which re- makes me recall my my, grandf- my grandfather, Brum, of course, the infamous Brum. Yeah. He was a smoker. He smoked the old black and whites. Oh, they, they, they might have been, been gone by the time I came around. Oh, right. No, they were called black and whites. And my, my grandfather, Brum, smoked from the age of nine, <sighs> this true story, right up to when he was like 92. And the doctor said to him when he was 91 or something like that, or 92 actually, they said, Brum, you've got to give up the cigarettes. And you know what? After all that time smoking, he gave it up without any assistance, no worries at all, stayed the same, calm as you like, no worries. Yeah. Extraordinary, isn't it? It's amazing. Extraordinary. And then he passed away? When he was 92. So he got told to give up the smoking Mm. and then was passed away shortly after. Yeah. But no fuss. There was no fuss there, Mike. So, Kathleen, I hope that uh, we've addressed that issue for you. I think I think we've covered it off, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it's a tough one. You know, what you're having to see, Kathleen, is, is your daughter, your child, um, who, you've, who you have reared um, from a newborn, I suspect, um, and she is becoming an adult. And one of the signs of uh, being an adult is smoking. I mean... Any child that wants to be cool is going to have to smoke cigarettes. I mean, that's just, that's just a fact of life. Mm. Um, if you want them to be in the right peer groups, if you want them to get out to good parties, get pissed up, you know, um, have lots of teenage sex, 
then you know smoking is just going to be part and parcel of that. It's all about image. Uh, there's a lot of talk these days that um, you know your vapes are cool. Yeah, but they're not. No, they're not cool. They're not cool, and that's and that's the advertising uh, dollar there trying to make people think that that is cool. Smoking is cool. Yeah, smoke. Well, they often say smoking isn't sexy. Oh. Well, I mean, could there be anything more sexy? You know, if you're a big fan of the post-coital smoke. Ah. Oh. You know, and and you're lying there, and you've you've made passionate love, and just getting a big durry out and smoking up a storm. I think that's very sexy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, this actually uh, brings me to another story, uh, which was when I was flatting in Wellington, and uh, my flatmate, she just got herself a new boyfriend. And um, he was a real piece of... She went of, out and bought one, did she? Well, I don't know where she found him. Right. But he was a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and I used to come home and, um, you know, after a hard day's yakka. And um, on occasion, I'd find him asleep on the couch with the TV on, the remote in his hand, a beer at his side. Uh, you know, the, the ashtray used to smoke rollies. He was an older guy. Very small... Uh, little man, and uh, snoring up a storm and just reeking of cigarettes. But he always had a rolly in his hand, so right, he was. Yeah. You know, I, it, already I didn't really like him. Um, and I remember waking up one morning, um, and it was even at the time it was the most beautiful way I'd ever woken up in my life. You know, I woke up, I came out of my slumber, but my eyes remained closed, and the way that I was brought out of my slumber was a tui outside the window, a tui song, there was two of them. Yes. And my eyes were still closed and I was conscious and it just brought me up out of my seat and I thought, wow, that is actually the most, seriously, the most beautiful way I've ever woken up. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to sleep. And the next time I woke up, which was probably half an hour later, was to a massive orgasm through the wall of my flatmate. Yeah. Who was going at it with with her partner? So Hammer I had and yeah, and I had this mental image, and she finally got there, um, and then that was punctuated after about five seconds with a probably seven minute hacking cough as he brought up the previous day's sixty three cigarettes, right? And I don't know what he did with that flame, and I thought, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? I've had the most beautiful wake up I've ever had. Immediately followed by the worst yes. wake up I've ever had. Well, obviously, you know, um, the fact that he'd just had vigorous lovemaking just shook up all the toxins and all the uh, all the poisons in his body, and yeah. which needed. I mean, he obviously was able to waylay the coughing fit till after she achieved orgasm. So that's a plus in his book, I suppose. But then, you know, once that had ceased. He he proceeded to yeah you know cough his lungs up as it were yeah it was pretty sexy in my mm. mind it was um, he wasn't doing any of the work in that I I used to um, I was 
completely unrelated in many ways. I used to have a flatmate like that who was a vigorous lovemaker who just used to and was next, literally next door to my room. Yeah. And I, I often remember lying, you know, awake at night and just listening to my flatmate's lovemaking. And, you know, and there'd be the pervy people out there, Mike. They would go, oh, did that get you off sort of thing? Well, it might have. But, you know, the thing is... Um, it, it, I found that actually, I, I reached a point with that where I couldn't get to sleep unless I heard people making love. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it had become such a part of my routine. Right. That if I didn't hear people making vigorous love, I couldn't actually get to sleep. And did he actually have a boyfriend or was he No, he, he single? Did, he was single, yeah, right. yeah. So, but God, it's amazing what. What we, you know, get used to, what habits develop in our lives, isn't yeah. it? With, with, without us even consciously being aware of it happening. That's right. No, you're absolutely right there. Mm. Yeah, she broke up my flatmate. Um, she broke up with him not, not long after that, um, which is a real shame. It's a real shame. Mm. I think about him a bit. Hey, listen, we've got another uh, a question here. And once again, it's, I guess, to do with relationships. Should we get into that, Mike? Let's have a go. G'day, mate. Loving the podcast so far. What's your favourite soft-on rock song to play to get your partner in the mood for some vigorous lovemaking? I've had success with the Bee Gees' How Deep Is Your Love, but think it's time to mix it up. And that's from Campbell, who lives in Wanaka, and that was over the Instagram. Interesting stuff. Good question there. Um, Well, first and foremost, Mike, are you a fan of music when you're making love? I need complete silence. Yeah. Complete silence. Uh, and pitch black. Yes. Yeah. No. I, I can. I can actually believe that about you oh. because you're one of those guys that when you're concentrating, you've got that very intense look on your face. And I can imagine that having some sort of, you know, musical soundtrack would really put you off your stride, as it were. Well, that's right. I'm trying to maintain a beat. I'm yes. trying to maintain my own rhythm. And if I'm having to worry about, for example, Campbell here has brought up how deep is your love the beat of the Bee Gees, you know, that's no good for me. That gets that gets confusing for me. And now yeah. I start, I'm rhythmic. Now I'm all over the show and yeah. I, don't, I don't quite know you're doing what I'm sort doing. Of, you're doing freestyle jazz that's really, right. aren't you? That's right, exactly, exactly. And that's no way to, uh, that's no way to make love. And, and so that's, for me, I need the silence and then I can just sort of imagine a beat. I just, and I have one of those... Um, Oh, yes, the TikToks. Yeah, what are they called? The uh, metronome. Uh, metronome. That's yeah, right. yeah. I, um, That's you know, really good. I, you know, I have it just beside the bed, and then when we're ready to go... You just get, get it. Top, yeah. TikTok, and then off it goes. Now, it's a complete darkness because that, that's, my, that's my wife that's insisted on that. Yes. Because I am concentrating so hard that it's, it puts her off, I think. Yeah, well... There's nothing as unsexy as, as a really sort of tensed up, concentrating face yeah. when, you, when you're in the act of lovemaking. Yeah. I mean, it should be a blissful and euphoric kind of face. That, you know, and to see your, your, your partner above you with a scrunch, you know, the squinty eyes, yeah, it, it would be off-putting. I could see how she would find that off-putting. Well, that's right. And I'm always sort of, you know, in, in the act of lovemaking, I'm so, always sort of looking up and to the left. Right, okay. You know, so, like when you're trying to work out the square root of, you know, 64,894. So you're it, sort of looking up there. So it's a kind of quizzical look as well. Yeah, then. well, it's sort of, I'm very, you know, I need to just work out, am I on the beat? You know, so I'm looking, that's where I'm looking. And, and I can't help that, but that, 
yeah, it is distracting, I think. She would prefer perhaps that I was more in the moment, but also wants me to be able to concentrate to my fullest because the better I concentrate, you know, the sooner we can get on with our day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get it done, as mm. it were. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's an interesting, and I can understand where you're coming from with that. I'm quite different in that regard. Uh, in terms of uh, um, me, I, I like, for example, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, when I'm making love, uh, because that just fires me up, you know what I mean? And and for me, lovemaking's all about passion. Yeah, uh, It's all about a vigour and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just let myself go to Rage Against the Machine. And, right. and that tends to, But, you know, on the other side of that, Mike, um, sometimes I like to, ch- to play it. It depends what kind of lovemaking you're talking about. Yeah, there's you different know, kinds, aren't there? Yeah, there's, there apparently so. Mm. And, uh, you know, so, but sometimes I go for more of a Debussy feel. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? A, a bit of Claire de Lune, for example. Oh, I've never heard of either of those things you uh, said. Well, okay, well, you've never heard of Debussy? No. Can you sing us a couple of bars? No. Debussy, Claire de Lune. No, and that's for the more... You rage Against the Machine is, is like... Uh, how, would you, how would you describe it? Kind of like... Angry face, you it, get your angry well, face no, it's on. It's like ex- extreme skiing down a slope. You sure. know what I mean? You're just yeah, hanging yeah. on for dear life yeah. and, and hoping you don't die. Yeah. Uh, but the Debussy is the gradual build up oh, yeah. to the crescendo. Oh. Um, so Quite I, short songs, are they? Yeah, I think um, Claire de Lune's about two minutes 30. Right. Uh, and, the, and the particular Rage Against Machine song that I like, I can't remember what it's called. Well, there's but, Bomb Track, uh, Killing in the Name of. Oh, Killing in the Name of. That's yeah. the one. I think that's about three. Three thirty-seven, um, but and it's great too because for the kids, when they know when killing in the name of is pumping out of the bedroom, they know that mum and dad are busy. You know what I'm saying? And it's quite nice at the end of that song where it says, sort of, you know, um, here's the reprise, doesn't he? Where he says, "Yes, if you I won't do what you tell me. Yes, if you I won't do what you tell me. Yes, if you I don't won't do it. If you I won't do what you tell me. Yeah, and then I ejaculate." So, um, yeah, I, I hope that's of use. But, but I mean, with anything with, in terms of lovemaking, and, and, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that we don't want there to be a preponderance of us chatting about lovemaking because mm. there's more to relationships than just lovemaking. But it just goes to show the diversity of, of how different people approach it. You, for example, the painful sort of quizzical, concentrated, in the dark, silent, with the metronome going off, mm-hmm. and me vigorous killing in the name of uh, or changing it up a bit with a bit of Debussy Claire de Lune. And what else are you doing in the bedroom um, in terms of in terms of that's the audio but there's also the visual isn't there and there's yes. also aromatics so yeah. are you doing anything what are you doing with the lights what are you doing with is there incense is there um, I'm a big uh, uh, I'm a really big fan of the scented candle right um, so I've got a couple of scented candles around uh, the room the ambiance is moody, I'd describe, because we can dim the light. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have to, you know, you don't want to have, you, it's not either bright light or Off. pitch darkness like you go. Yeah. I like to dim the light so it's kind of, you know, descending darkness. Yeah. Just so, enough darkness that it, it removes the imperfections of my body. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that it's not too harsh a vision for my wife. Yeah, and you were telling me that on a couple of occasions you tried it because, of course, you used to be a um, quite a successful um, DJ, sort of doing your blue light discos and all those sorts of things for a while there. Um, and what you would do is have a laser show and... 
the lovemaking would start off in complete darkness. Yeah. And then slowly, you know, the lights would start going. And then on the, if you won't do what you tell me, the lights are on full and there's just full lasers going all around the room as you sort of, you know, as you reach your, your, good, your good point there. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget the smoke machine. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people don't think about that in terms of... Because you used to just, you used to be physically smoking. Yeah, I'd be physically smoking. But then you chuck a smoke, smoke machine in the corner, you really get that pumping out. That can really create an atmosphere, Mike. Yeah. You know, there's nothing quite for the... And this is why I like the darkness as well, um, is confusing the senses. Right. No, Sensory like, deprivation. That's right. You, you, know, you can be in sort of one of those, um, is it those diving sort of things, you know, that... Uh, people go into which is just complete pitch black, so you lose all sense of what which way is up and which way is down. A deprivation pod. Oh, is that uh, what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Well, you and, and the water is filled with salt, so you literally float on the water. They close a the pod. It's like a sunbed, right? Except it's in water and it's completely black because when you're going through that sensory deprivation, all these weird things, you start hallucinating. Right. Yeah. 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 Is that, so you're saying you've made love in a deprivation pad? Or well, pod? I mean, it sort of feels like that already because it's so, it is pitch black, but it, perhaps that's something we could bring into the bedroom. Um, I don't know about the smoke machine. You used to smoke cigarettes, but yeah. um, after the fire, you stopped that? Yeah, well, that was more that, that I'd nodded off and it just I still had a durry in my hand yeah. and, uh, yeah, engulfed. And, and engulfed some, the waterbed. Yeah, yeah, just bloody pissed everywhere and it was a bit of a disaster so I learnt my lesson there that's for sure yeah. fortunately it was a waterbed it wasn't some sort of fibrous mattress that sort of just woofed yeah. in, in a, engulfed us in a ball of flame so we were very lucky there um, but I think that uh, that absolutely addresses Campbell's question from Wanaka yeah I think so mate so you know I think you can go with your hard rock and that's that's definitely a great idea but also go with total silence because you know, when you've got music cranked up, you're you're robbing yourself of all the the natural noises of lovemaking, aren't mm. you? Well, as you mentioned earlier, perhaps there's a tui call. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, or a, a, an owl hooting. Yes. Or a dove cooing. That's right. Um, and sometimes, you know, you won't be able to hear when um, you know the madame knocks on the door and goes, "Time's up." Yep. You're done. Actually, I, I once remember making love. Um, and there was the sound of what I thought was an extraordinary sound of crickets and cicadas, but that was just my sciatica, uh, as it turns out. But, yeah, no, that's great stuff. Great stuff, mate. Now, listen, I think we're coming to the end of this um, particular podcast, Mike, and I, I really want to reiterate to people yeah, the importance of rating us, of commenting, and of subscribing. Because mm -hmm. otherwise... Why in God's name are we doing this? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're doing it to help people, but we also, we, we, we want to know that people are actually listening to this. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a tangible way for us to have, you know, to sort of see our audience at work. I mean, you're able to hear us at work, and let's see you guys at work. What are you doing out there? Um, give us your thoughts inside these reviews that, you know, Give us five stars, give a review, but in that review you could tell us something that, um, you know, perhaps we could be doing better. Yeah, and you and I take your criticism and advice very well, Mike. I well, that's right. Fair to say. We're not going to be upset about it. No. Um, we, we just carry on and, and 
take that advice on board and try and bring you a better podcast next time. Absolutely. Well, listen, from Mike and myself, we... I'll uh, just stop oh, you, you know, there. And yeah. the, the reason is because how would you do it? Well, the way you do it is... Um, you go on to Instagram there and you can uh, you go on to All Talk with Jason Mike. Um, you, you follow us there. Yes. Um, and perhaps we could give an update on how many followers we've got now, Jason. Yeah, that would, be, that would be great, mate. I think a couple of weeks ago we were at um, 60. And um, this week we're at 71. So we've added 10 people. That's bloody great. Well, that's 11. That's that's more than one a day. Yeah, that is fantastic. That's pretty good. So you go on there, give us a like. And uh, if you've got any questions, um, any comments, anything at all, just uh, DM us there. Um, or if you'd like to send us something perhaps a bit longer, um, an email form, you can do that uh, by emailing us at alltalkwithjasonmike at gmail.com. Great stuff. Hey, well, from Mike and myself, uh, thanks so much for the privilege of your attention. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll be back again next week, won't we, Mike? Sure will. Great stuff, mate. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 